<laughs> Gosh, John, I forget how good you are at karate. That's incredible. I know, man. I mean, it's all about the right belt. It is. Timing you know? or your leather belt. Exactly. I, I feel like maybe, is that not, that's what you meant. Not really, okay. but speaking of, oh, Dave, wow, I'm yeah, just yeah. going to try to transition to okay. save you. <laughs> Finally, Dave, Yeah. warm spring days are arriving. Oh, Am I gosh. right? Isn't it great? You know what? I need a new pair of shades that I don't have to baby. Do you know what I'm saying, John? I don't want to take care of them. Let me put them on, take them off, and not have to worry Look, about it. Hey, Dave, I know exactly Sorry. Sorry, what I didn't you mean. Sorry, I didn't mean to rant. Knock around is the solution. They've been making high-quality shades that don't break the bank okay. since 2005. Oh, wow. And they've actually been my personal go-tos for years. Oh, yeah. I love Knockaround, John. They have over 20 different frame styles, so there's something for everyone, including tons of kids' pairs. That's right. So whether you're looking to rep your favorite sports teams, mm-hmm. you know, like you're a sports guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> spend some relaxation time in the yard, yep. or cruise down Broadway with the windows down oh. like Dave does uh-huh. all the time. All the time. Every Tuesday and Thursday mm-hmm. and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Knock around. That's what you need. Yeah, yeah. All of their lenses have UV 400 protection, which is basically like sunscreen for your eyes, which, by the way, I've tried that, and it hurts. <laughs> Use the sunglasses, everybody. With polarized adult pairs starting at 28 bucks. you can get a few pairs to leave in your car, toss in your beach bag, or lend to a friend in need. Dave, that is such a good price I that I might buy a pair just to intentionally lose them. I don't love that logic, John, but I know, you do but have a history of misplacement. It's not around Don't fight me because like of the karate stuff. But it could so. be perfect for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Dadville fans, don't squint through family beach days yeah. or trips to the park. Check out knockaround.com and use the promo code DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order. That's DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order at knockaround.com. Hey everybody, it's me, Dave, one half of Dadville. Now, I've been a singer-songwriter for the last 20 years or so, but about 10 years ago, my dear friend and manager at the time pushed me to try to start doing some stand-up shows. If you've been to any of my live music shows, you know I'm chatty and love to tell stories and jokes, so it made sense. So, I was just dumb enough to try it. Since then, I've done about 30 or so stand-up shows, and that means no guitar, just me and the mic and my funnies. (laughs) About four years ago, I did a stand-up show here in Nashville at City Winery, and we recorded the show and that show is now an album called It's Hard Being an Idiot and is available on Spotify, Apple Music and everywhere you listen to music and comedy. To celebrate the release of the album I thought it would be fun to do some interviews with some of my favorite stand-up comedians to talk about not just being funny but being professionally funny. On this episode, I get to talk to Angela Johnson-Reyes, who is just so funny. She's so funny. Uh, Her story is really fun, too, because she kind of came to notoriety through a bit, a comedy bit, that went viral, and and I think was maybe the first viral comedy bit. This is back in the infancy of YouTube, but it was called Nail Salon, and those of you who know that bit are already laughing right now. It is so funny. Um, It exploded, and, and she was toying with it. You'll hear her talk about that in the interview. She sort of was toying with stand-up, and then that thing, it just exploded, and then she she just sort of rode that comet <laughs> to the moon. Comet? Should it be asteroid? And one of those celestial, <laughs> fast-moving things. Um, not long after that, she was on Mad TV, where she uh, she had the character Bon Kui Kui that she brought into this, uh, this wonderful life, Earth. A lot of celestial things are happening as I'm talking. I mean, that's a little bizarre. Anyway, um, but just Bon Kui Kui was a huge hit for Mad TV. We could talk about what it's like to be on, what it was like being on that show with other funny people and doing that. Um, and she's still just killing it. I mean, she's got specials on all of the streaming platforms. Um, she's got a book coming out. It's just, it's, and she's just funny, you know. I wanted to sit down and, and ask her about uh, what it's like being professionally funny, what it's like being a stand up, things that we maybe wouldn't know about that job and uh, the good, the bad, um, how she feels about it now, having done it for a while. It was just a great conversation. I'm so appreciative for her sort of lifting the lid on, on uh, you know, comedy as a career. Uh, because she knows a lot about it and she's been doing it a while. So, without any further ado, here is my conversation with Angela Johnson Reyes. Oh, folks, this is a joy. This is, um, I'm really, really, I'm just tickled pink about this. Do people say that? I don't know if they say that. I just said it. Maybe um, in the South. <laughs> I'm gonna, that's actually just going to be an asterisk. So, anything <laughs> you don't understand that I say, just like, oh, it must be a Southern thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just that you don't understand, just assume that right. it's because I'm from, I grew up in Mississippi. Um, folks, we have, I mean, 
just I think one of the funniest human beings on the planet. Can I come in that hot? I, I mean, that's quite hot. I'll be honest. <laughs> Again, this it's the South. It's me in the South. Um, but Angela Johnston Reyes. Um, Hello. I'm just thrilled you are here. This is so fun um, to talk about funny people, funny things. So I want to dive in. I just want to start. Um, well, how are you dive. doing, first of all? How are you doing? I'm good. I am good. It's actually a gloomy day here in L.A. Um, mm. And it rained this morning, but Ooh. I'm good. Yeah, we rarely get rain here, so I welcome it. But a little (laughs) advance notice next time, please. (laughs) So tell me, tell me, so you grew up in California, right? Yes, sir. Roots, yeah. Uh, In the family, I'm always curious about this. So was your family funny? Like, was it family? Oh wow! My my whole family is funny. My um, my dad's side mostly is um the personality the the funny my grandpa always a practical jokester his go-to joke that he used to do is um at the grocery store he wears the same outfit every day which is a a button-up collared shirt with a pocket and suspenders and you know his his pants um so he would get a little rubber cockroach and he would tie like clear fish wire to it and he'd put it in his pocket and put the string around his neck and then he would go through the grocery store and and when the clerk would be like ringing him up he pulls the string so it looks like a cockroach (laughs) is climbing out of his pocket and that was his number one that was his closer that that was was his his big closer that's what moved the merchandise that's what people coming back for more he also um <laughs> that's such a great guy was in a little bit of an accident when he was in his like 20s or something and cut off his finger his oh pinky gosh. finger yeah so he's he does not have a pinky finger on one of his hands but what he likes to do is in public <laughs> he will act like he's picking his nose in in front of people and then he'll go just kidding there's no finger there i wasn't really picking my nose which at that point is it grosser that you don't have a finger? Like, do I kind of wish you actually were picking your nose, old man? You know? But now it's just, like, doubly gross. It was like, ew, that old man is picking his nose. And now it's like, ew, that old man doesn't have a finger. What is happening? It just, it just shifts from one thing to another. Yeah. From a nose pick to no finger. Yeah. That is amazing. That kind yeah. of commitment, though, like, I, I have so much appreciation for, like, the cockroach gag where he's you just like i'm sure at some point you're like going your eyes like please can we just get the ground beef and go back yeah 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 so i mean is that is that something that you're picking up i mean even on an osmotic level even like you don't know you're doing it when you're seeing him do these jokes you kind of like okay okay i see you know so yeah my whole life i I am used to my grandpa and my dad. Um, my grandpa was more practical jokes like okay, that. Okay. My dad is a zinger. He's oh, little, yeah. he'll He's like go him. sparring with you with like zings. And nowadays he slowed down and, and he's very much in dad joke territory. Yeah, yeah. But when I was younger, man, my dad could go so quick and he would have like a zinger for everyone. He was very charming. Um, he was a, a, truck driver for a linen service so he would have his route all around san jose and he was like star of the show at every stop that he was at (laughs) and he was like you know go to a restaurant to go change their linens for the tables and he's just like cracking everybody up and um all the ladies loved my dad (laughs) like the front desk receptionist at like the dental office that he delivers to like (laughs) they all can't wait for my dad to get there and like tell all his charming jokes and stuff so i'm used to watching my dad get the laugh like that was the the thing that i learned is how to get the laugh so the siblings are they funny like are your siblings yes So the funniest person in my family is probably my brother, Kenny. Okay. Um, but he is not a performer. He is not okay. Okay. like I made the mistake and I, I brought him to a party one time thinking that I could oh, be no. like, Oh no. You think you guys think I'm funny. Watch this <laughs> Check guy. Check this guy out. Yeah. yeah. And just quiet in oh. the corner, just 
No, he's only funny in his safe circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. he's not a schmoozer funny. And I was like, oh, man, why did I bring this guy? But um, <laughs> You're like, you got yeah. three minutes. Kill it. Yeah. Just kill it. <laughs> You're on. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he's definitely, like, the funniest one in our family text thread. And, like, Just you know, he, he's quick. That kid is very – he's like how my dad used to be. Quick, yeah. very quick. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before so I can of, even jump on it. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's it, I'm you know I feel like in those kind of families, um, growing up, humor becomes like who can just get there first when everybody's that fast. Oh, yeah, like yeah, it's for just sure. scraps. You're just all like sprinting to the middle for the joke. Everybody knows it's about to happen. Yeah, and then you we know? all kind of make fun of each other. Yeah. So that that was um, hard for my husband at first to realize that that's our love language. <laughs> so... <laughs> that that is a weird thing to jump into in a family. Yeah, because you, you can get that wrong. You can come in with that heat, and everybody's like, "Dude, what the heck?" Yeah, exactly. Like, like, whoa, calm down, bro. We're just <laughs> <Yeah>. joking. <laughs> that's a that's a tough thing to sort of know how to get into, you know? Yeah, yeah. So my husband, it was like, "Yo, you better tell everybody, chill out yeah. <laughs> before I lose it." <laughs> before they, they start throwing hands in the middle of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Exactly. Just like bowing up on them. Mm-hmm. So, 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 when do you remember the first time that you thought you were funny? Like, do you remember the first time that you either did or said something that you went, "Oh, that kind of what was that?" Um, no, because we all grew up laughing, so was it was just case. normal. It was like we were always laughing. Dad was laughing. We were laughing. We were making each other laugh. So. I don't think I realized I was funny until I took a joke writing stand-up comedy class. Oh, wow. And that's when I was like, oh, so I am like <laughs> funny outside of my family. <laughs> You're extra familially yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I when think if, if any of my family members had the performer bone in them, they could definitely do yeah. stand-up as well. Yeah. But I think maybe because I'm – the performer i don't know my sister she could perform sometimes but where, where are you in the um like where are you in the order um so i share the middle with my brother oh kenny my who is the one that's the funny one so oh, we wow. kind of we split the funny bone yeah. um but if you include my older brother who we didn't meet until we were teenagers mm. then i'm uh right in the middle yeah then i'm right yeah. in the middle yeah yeah okay okay so 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 you 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 just you, you start doing this um this writing course and all of a sudden you're like wait a second. Oh, this is interesting. So I took a free joke writing stand-up comedy class at a church. No. Okay, hold on. You I need to we need to read <laughs> So there's a church. <laughs> wait, wait. So there's a church. I'm just already making me laugh. There's a church. It's like, you know what we should do? We're going to minister and I tell you how we're going to minister. Yeah, we're going to teach people how to be funny. Yeah, and and, it, and obviously, I mean, it's hysterical because that's that's your jumping off point, which obviously it worked. Are you like when you go by that church now? Are you sort of like and like spray painted on the side of the church? It's like you know my mural. I include yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of your characters are just like Mount Rushmore on the side of the church, and it's could like, you imagine? <laughs> that's funny. Well. So did, it's a Hollywood-based church. Like, oh, okay, okay. It's okay. very entertainment industry. So, like, on Tuesday okay. nights, they would do their creative arts night, basically. Okay. Where they would have, like, acting classes, dancing classes, um, you know, singing, the choir, and, um, you know, like, uh, audiovisuals and whatever your yeah, jam yeah. was, yeah, you yeah. could take a class on Tuesdays. Yeah. So, I was in the acting class, and we would do, like, improv games. And I was funny in the improv games. And there yeah. was a woman there that was teaching a joke writing stand-up comedy class. Oh, wow. And she saw me in the improv games and she was like, hey, would you like to take my joke writing stand-up comedy class? And I was like, is it free? And she was like, yeah. I'm like, well, I guess. <laughs> like I had no desire at this point to be a stand-up comedian. Oh, and wow. So, so hold on, no. pause. What were you thinking? Like what was the trajectory in your brain then? Where were you I was going to be a dramatic actress. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. My dream was to play rape victim on Law & Order SVU. Like, that was <laughs> my dream. Taylor's oldest time. That's, I mean, that's who, what who I wanted. Who hasn't felt that way? You, you know? know. 
I was, that was my dream. And, um, <laughs> I thought I was going to be a real dramatic actress. And so I, I take her class. And one of the first jokes that I wrote in her class was the nail salon joke that ended up blowing up my you spot on YouTube. You are kidding me. Mm -mm. That's no. the first thing. Holy yeah. So the cow. first, the actual first joke that I wrote is about my name because that was our homework. Your homework was to go home, write a joke about your name. And so I wrote a joke about my name. Uh-huh. And um, that joke, I talked about my name is Angela Johnson. Um, it it's, sounds either white or black depending on how you say it. It's definitely not Mexican though. It could be very white, like Angela Johnson, or it could be black, Angela Johnson. It depends on how you say it. That's amazing. And that was like my first joke that I wrote. Uh, that a lot teacher... of stereotypes. I really just work in the stereotypes wherever I can, you know? You know, it's a, your teacher in that class must have been like, I'm sitting on a gold mine. This yeah. doesn't know what she's got. I mean, that's remarkable. Here's the thing that I think is really interesting about, uh, about you doing comedy. I, I was thinking about this. I feel like so many people that do comedy, it's like a survival mechanism, especially in their childhood. Like, you know, they either weren't cool or they were like husky, like maybe I was. And it's their way to sort of find their place in the world that, that kind of, you know, they, once they get like, oh, okay, this is my thing. I'm going to start navigating through my high school or my junior high or my family, whatever. But the thing, you have to be one of the only humans in the world and obviously women in the world who've ever been a cheerleader and a stand up. And so it doesn't, it's such a confusing trajectory to me. Cause it's like, usually it's, you know, someone who's like, you know, I was just a wallflower and I just said this one joke in class and all of a sudden, like I got this attention. I'm assuming that's probably not your case. I mean, you know, no. yeah. So <laughs> you were, you were like, no, I'm doing pretty good. It's just happens to be that I've got these funny skills. You know? I can... Yeah. I feel like I used to say, you know, they always say comedy comes from pain. Right. 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 I would be like, I feel like my comedy comes from a place of joy because I actually mm. just like experience joy throughout my life. And I share yeah. that. Yeah. And then as I've been doing stand up for about 14 years now, mm. I feel like, um, I can understand more now the comedy that comedy does come from pain hmm. and um, sometimes it's our, our mechanism to cope with that pain, right. Right. whether it's my fear of death, my, hmm. uh, you know, parents divorce when I was younger, hmm. um, you know, marriage issues and things that I would talk about now, like, I definitely bring a joyful presence on stage, yeah. but for me to be able to talk about my fear of death, there's things happening deeper right. that stem from not a place of joy, you right. know? Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. That's always been one of the weird things about me too, is that I, 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 my parents are great. They're wonderful. They're still together. And uh, I've, I've always, I feel this way in music too. People are always kind of like brooding, you know, and they moved to Nashville and they're, they're just always, you know, I've got to write this song and it's sad. And I was, I was always like, I mean, I, sure, I get sad, but like, that's not a connection for me in the humor or the music. I'm like, uh -huh. I just think it's fun. And, you know, yeah. Thanksgiving's are a pretty good spot for me. I'm not like, yeah. oh, you know, like, you know, sitting yeah. outside the door, just chiefing cigarettes before I go in, <laughs> just, right. you know, or, you know, some liquid confidence. But, I, but it, it is, it is encouraging. And I agree with you. I do think as life gets, you know, uh, as you get older, life just gets harder. And so I've found the same jokes. Jokes for me are a little different now. It's like, mm -hmm. where they, I'm like, Ooh, they've got a little more vinegar. In them. <laughs> there's a little yeah. more, like, you know, there's a little more to them. Than yeah. Just the, like the other day I was in a coffee shop. Okay. You know, where, yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah. they start from that place, you know? So, so yeah. tell me this. So you, you do, you do the, um, you do the class. And is that when you sort of get the bug? Like this, does this, does this teacher sort of say, Hey, like, um, I think, I think you got something. Or are you still like, no, listen, SVU is going to call me. And that's, that's who I am. That's my call. Both. It was both because, um, our graduation from the class, everybody had to perform at a real comedy club. Oh, wow. And, um, it was the like Queen how, how Mary long? in Long Beach. Sure. It was everybody five minutes. We were all five doing okay. our okay. five minute set. Right. And so we wrote all this material in the class and, um, we had to bring at least like 10 people to the show. And so it was a real nice warm room. Everybody knew we were all graduating yeah, from right, class, right, so there wasn't right, going to be hecklers. Right, right. You know? really gracious. Yeah, yeah. So everybody 
you know, she picks your five minute set of all the material that you wrote. She picks your five minutes. And then when it came down to it, she was like, all your jokes are good. Just do all your jokes. So I did 12 minutes my very oh, first time. Look at you. Yeah. So it was like I, I knew that I did well because I was doing all my 12 minutes. But I'm like, okay, am I just the funniest one in this class or am I yeah, actual yeah, funny? Yeah. Yes, yes. And so she started taking me around with her to her shows around town, like, you know, little restaurants and bars here and there. She would do a set and I would come with her and she'd be like, hey, she's a comic too, you know, if you have time to put her up. And then so she would get me up on stage at her shows that she was doing. And so I started doing little shows like that. And then I would still fight it, though. I was like, I'm not a comedian. I just do this for fun. Like, I'm an actress, you guys. Meanwhile, I haven't booked anything. <laughs> but I'm an actress. Okay. I'm an actress. SVU will call you, me one day. They just, haven't. Just in but... the middle of your set, you just do like a monologue, like a dead yeah. series, just in case there's casting directors. Listen, if SVU finds out that I'm calling myself a comedian now, this I'm is done. not going to be good. So. <laughs> that uh, is hysterical. But when I know when I remember when it all changed and I was like, maybe I'm going to be a comedian. Um, I this is back in the MySpace days. Oh, yeah. And when you had your top eight yep. and and your profile song. Yeah. Um, Nelly Furtado. <laughs> I was going go. to ask you. <laughs> um, so I got a message on MySpace. This is after the nail salon video started blowing up. Mm hmm. And honestly, everything started blowing up. People were like, hey, when are you coming to perform in Australia? When are you coming Jeez. to the Philippines? Like, and all it was was this one nail salon video that blew up. And Jeez. I was like, oh, all I have is my 12 minutes. Oops. Um, anyways, I got this message. And they were like, hey, would you come and perform at this uh, Mormon Christmas party? And I was like, okay, but I'm not Mormon, though. And they were like, oh, no, no, it's okay. You don't have to be Mormon. We just need to do a clean show. And I was like, oh, I could do a clean show. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then I head out to Orange County to go perform at this Mormon youth Christmas party. Like at, at their I, church? It was like at a huge, like, venue. Like, okay, there was okay. like a banquet room where they were dancing yeah. to music. There was another room where they were playing games. Another room that was a theater where they were having the show. Like, it was like okay. a huge place. Okay. And, um turns out it was a comedy competition and they had other comics there and so they're like yeah everybody's gonna do 10 minutes and then the winner gets a cash prize and we're like all right whatever i ended up tying for first place and i won six hundred dollars and that was the most money i had ever made <laughs> in my entire life at that point like six hundred dollars for doing 10 minutes of comedy i, mean... I was like oh i think i'm gonna be a comedian <laughs> And that's starting, when it changed. It, isn't it funny how that does that? All of a sudden, you're like, I mean, I do want to be an actress, but but six hundred dollars. Mm, Listen, mm, mm. you you bought me stand up so comedy. <laughs> you, you win. So it, it, from that, I mean, from that moment, are you like, okay, this is kind of, I'm gonna start working on this. I mean, is that yeah. kind of, yeah? I'm gonna write some new jokes and see what happens. And then I ended up getting an agent and a manager. And, um, like, honestly, this is 2007. This is a year that kind of changed my life. Hmm. And it was like the video came out in January, 2007 within like a month, there was like 4 million views on this Good video. It's like one of the first videos to go viral ever on the brand new thing called YouTube. So and are you, then, are you, sorry, I have a million questions yeah. about this. So you go from like, Hey, that's Angela. High five. Your family say, Hey, we're all good. Are you starting to get that thing where you're somewhere and somebody goes like, Hey, are you the, yeah. Are you the nail salon girl? Yeah. So that it, so you're just out living your life thinking like that was fun. And then and yeah. where did they record that? Where where was that? Was that at one of your the first kind of Ice House in Pasadena? Okay. And that was like a legit gig or were you with your teacher then? No, so that was a legit gig. I was called and asked, Hey, do you want to come perform? Do your ten minutes for twenty five dollars. And I was like, heck yeah, $25, I'm down. So I drive over there and they're like, oh, this company is, I don't want to say their name because I, I don't approve of their practices mm. now, but mm. um, this company is filming the shows. This is before YouTube. So they're yeah. like, this is for mm -hmm. Verizon wireless cell phones. We still had flip phones at this time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So people could download a comedy clip for $1.99 and 
and they could watch comedy clips on their phone. So that's what we're filming you guys for. So I signed this paperwork oh, man. and basically they own the footage yeah. and they gave me my 25 bucks. And that's the video that blows up on YouTube the next year. Holy cow. Because this brand new thing called YouTube came out. So like, oh, who's going to pay $1.99 for comedy oh. clips when it's like we could get it for free on YouTube. So they just uploaded it to YouTube and then it blew up from there. So are you, are you, you're and meanwhile, while everybody in the world feels like is watching this clip, are you just kind of doing your own life, not realizing like this thing is sort of gathering steam as I'm like just doing my day to day thing? Or are you like, man, I need to double down and sort of, you know, follow the momentum? Because that would have been a very new, I mean, the YouTube thing for anybody that was born in the last 20 years is obviously a, a, everybody knows that. But for, you know, I'm 43, that I remember in my career posting a few things and they weren't viral at all. But I do remember them like catching these little, you know, they, they'd catch momentum and it was like, whoa, okay, all of a sudden, that's, yeah. people really like that. But it wasn't like all of a sudden you knew what to do about it. Because there was nobody no. doing that, you know? So were you were you thinking about that? Was that something you're like, I need to follow that momentum? Were you like, oh, that's No, I wish. I wish I did. <laughs> but I didn't upload it to YouTube. I don't know anything about YouTube. All, all I knew is people were finding me and coming to my MySpace page being like, I saw this video on YouTube. And then I started booking gigs from that. So I started touring from it. But I wish I would have capitalized on, oh, here's a thing called YouTube. I should make more videos and put them on YouTube. I didn't even do that. That is amazing. That and, and, and one of the things that I think is really fascinating about comedy that I've learned is uh, Nate Bargatze. We have another podcast called Dadville that's on um, that's on the same channel. And Nate was talking about the dilemma with standup. Is like you do the bit on a tour, and then at the end you record the special, then you never do the bit again unless it's mm -hmm. an encore. So it's not like music, as you know from your husband, where like man, you find one, it's you just ride that thing in the ground. Right. You know what I mean? right. Like you so, so I would think, was it weird knowing you have this bit that's gone viral? But I'm sure everywhere you go, everybody's like, you know, do the bit, and you're like, okay. I, I mean, was that good, or were you kind of like, no, I want to do other material, or what? What was that like? Uh, yes, and um, it was fantastic. People were buying tickets to my show just for that joke. Yeah, yeah. And so. I've gone through seasons with that joke of where I'm doing it because it's a part of my hour. And then now it's not in my hour anymore, but I'll still do it because everybody drove hours to come see me. Right. And then I went through a very short period where I didn't do the joke. And I didn't like that very much because mm. I felt like my, my reasons and my motives for not doing the joke were less about the people who came to see me and the people who were buying tickets to my shows and more about my own ego and pride and trying to mm, prove wow. that I was bigger than this joke that I, I didn't need to rely on this one joke that yeah. I wasn't just a one joke wonder that I could do other things. Right. And mainly because I was hearing that from other people like, Oh, she just has that one joke. Oh, that's all she does is that one joke. Wow. And so I was letting that get in my head and I'd yeah. be like, Oh, I'll show you. I could do, I don't even need that joke. Watch. Right. Right. But really the people that were, um, feeling the effect of that was the paying audience who drove five hours with their best friend to come and hear that joke. Yeah. And now they don't get to hear it because I have some kind of ego issue yeah. with, random no name on social media who's like oh yeah. she just has that one joke when they would never buy a ticket whether i had four thousand new jokes they would still right. never buy a ticket to my right. show right right so it became that kind of a thing where i went through a small season of i'm not going to do this joke and then i was like screw that i'm going to do this joke because the people who are paying to come see my show want yeah. to hear that joke yeah. so now oh and then i went through a phase where i did like a remix of the joke and i was talking about this is what has happened since this joke has come out, the aftermath oh, wow, of it. Wow, wow. And so I, I would do kind of like a bit, like I was still giving them the accent. I was still telling them like what I started getting hate mail. So I'm telling, I'm, I'm acting out reading some of my hate mail and like obviously just the worst. But um, mm. then now what I do is it's an encore for sure. I do my yeah, whole hour yeah, yeah, and then and at then the end of it, it's kind of like, hey, I know a lot of you want to hear this joke and yeah. they already just lose their mind and before yeah. I even start. Yeah, oh, before you even start, which is Oh yeah. So great and also I mean, it, it is so funny because 
it's such a different thing when when I start or anybody that plays music, your husband, whoever plays that first couple notes, somebody knows the song and they go crazy. But it's not the same because I, I get to sing it and only I can sing it and they're listening and it's great. But with a joke, it's so tricky because they know if you don't do exactly the nuances, they know she didn't do her and she didn't do that one little phrase. Like yeah. it's tricky, you know. It's like and so I, have you have you like have you ever found where you're adding things to it for fun just for yourself? Like oh little, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I've found actually that I've added things for fun, but also I've taken away things that I didn't realize I took away Yes, yes. because I won't watch the original video. It's just really hard to watch. Um, it's, I got to sit through, I got to make myself sit through it if I want right, to watch right, it. Right. So I haven't listened to the original joke in a very long time, but I realized I was not saying it wrong, but forgetting parts of yes, the joke. Yes. Yes. And then I realized, Oh, how long have I been doing it like this? Cause I forgot this whole other part. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now, I mean, I give them the joke, but there's like a couple lines that I don't say, but they're yeah. not like the favorite quote or yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just like yeah. filler material that I've yeah. taken out. And like, yeah. it's a real tight joke now. Yeah. Isn't it funny that that's one of the things that's so surprising about performing to me is that, and just being in the entertainment industry, I think, um, there's seasons and I've seen this with so many of my friends too, where, you, you know, you're kind of like, I don't want to do that song. Like I'm not feeling it tonight. So I'm going to do this song or I'm going to do it different. We're going to slow jam it, you know? And <laughs> and you see your fans are like, what are you doing? You're like, yeah, Bro, I have to do this song every night, you know? Uh -huh. But, but then I think you do get to an age and I've seen this with my friends too, where you realize like it really is a service industry. Like we're here to, to give people what they came for. Mm -hmm. And sure, there's times where you can, you know, change your set lists and all that stuff. Because uh, I, I did the same thing. It's funny, when I when I started playing music, I was, I'd never played, ever sang in front of anybody. And I decided, I've written some songs, I should just start doing that, like, cold turkey. So I, I did these, but because I was so nervous, I would talk a lot. And that calmed mm -hmm. me down because I, mm -hmm. I'd done skits and kind of improv stuff growing up. So I was really comfortable being in front of people, but not singing in front of people. Mm. So between songs, I would do these like five to 10 minute stories. that would kind of calm me down that I'd sheepishly play this song, like handshaking. And then, <laughs> and, and so what happened is my brand sort of turned into this, like, oh man, it's really great songs. And he's really funny. Mm. And, and I got to a point where it sounds like kind of like you, I was like, I don't want to, I'm just music. Y'all know me. I just do music. I'm not doing, I don't, right, I'm right. not a clown to amuse you. So uh -huh. for a couple of years, like I really cut down on what I would say live because I was sort of having this internal dilemma of like, that's not who I want to be. I want to be the guy right. that plays music. And then a couple of years, I, I just sort of woke up. I was like, what am I doing? Like, that's who I am. That's what people want to come see. And that's what they get joy from. Why would I take that from them? Right. And so it was a real point of maturity for me, like you to kind of go, wait a second, man, this isn't yeah. about you. You know, yeah. this isn't, this isn't about you. So another question I have about you and, 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 you know, you're a pro, you tell me what you think about this. I really do think from what I've seen, I feel like there's kind of two kind of comedians to me. There's people that, and I imagine you're in this first crew that are just funny kind of all the time. Like you, if, if, if somebody pushed you into a dinner party, you give you a couple minutes and you're just going to tell funny stories. People are going to laugh because you're just kind of naturally funny. It's how you communicate. You're not thinking about, am I delivering this right? What's the facial expression? You're just being yourself, right? And then I think there's people who are really well rehearsed and, and sort of like get the jokes. They write them. They get them really tight. That's the Seinfeld world to me where it's like the nuance is everything. Like you sub a word out and it's not a funny. You put the, and so I would imagine with you, you probably had material for days because I just think I could see you as just being funny. Like you have that improv background. You're somebody that thinks somebody could say, oh man, I'd love to hear a funny story about a cat. And if you gave you about a minute, you're like, I think I could actually tell you a funny story about a cat. You know what I mean? Like I remember having this experience. So I'm assuming, you know, I mean, does that resonate? I'm seeing, cause I feel like, <laughs> well, those, I feel like I'm in between. Okay. 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 I am very scripted when it comes to my standup. I am right. very, I know I'm a storyteller, but each story leads into the next story. Yeah, that's great. That's really So well I, I rarely ever switch up my set and do this joke here and then this one over here because all they flows. all flow into the yeah. next. Yeah. Um, and then as far as like being, being funny all the time, I actually, um, I'm not on all the time. Yeah. 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 Um, I, uh, I forget that people expect me to be funny. Um, <laughs> so, like I people just staring at you like, what, 
<laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Kinda, because like sometimes I'll be doing interviews for like a magazine or wherever, and me just talking, me like I'm normal, like how we're talking right now, yeah, just yeah, normal. Yeah. But like if I'm doing like, oh, you know, um, Good Morning Miami, and I I'm on their morning show to promote my my shows this weekend at the Miami Improv. It's a different type of like you're you're on you sit different and you're yeah, like yeah. yeah hey get ready for some zings you know and so like in that kind of situation they're like lead me into material or whatever or you're you're on yeah. yeah any other kind of like interview or I'm talking yeah. to people I'm just yeah. very straightforward yeah. regular and yeah. I'll say like a couple like quips you know but you would never walk away going, Oh my God, she's a comedian. You'd be like, Oh, she was funny. Like, or what, you know what I mean? Like it's, you, yeah. you wouldn't walk away going like, Oh, my abs hurt from laughing so much, but you would definitely yeah. have been charmed. You will do, have been do you charmed. Think, do you think any of that is just like, um, career fatigue? Like, do you think if you hadn't done comedy, you would actually be the person who people are like, man, you leave a dinner with her and you're just laughing so hard. Or do you think some of it's just like, man, I'm just get tired of being funny, you know? <laughs> Tired of being funny. No, I feel like um, it depends. It really depends on the mood that I'm in. Because sometimes I can be on fire and just zing, zing, zing like my dad, you know. And then other times I just I I don't like surface talk, and I yeah, just yeah. want to be deep with people and like have a real conversation, right, right, right? You know. And so sometimes I'm hungry for depth, and um, and, and I forget. Just won't people just want like funny stuff and then you're stuck in that weird yeah it depends between. it depends on who i'm talking to like when i'm with my circle we're mm -hmm. we're just yeah. chill you know yeah. yeah and i'm definitely not like i i think we all share the funny within my yeah. circle yeah well said you know well said yeah yeah so so after so catching back up to the story so then you do you, you're doing these shows around um, around the bit. You're developing your night. When does when does Mad TV and all that happen? Like, where is that in the trajectory of things? So, 2007, the year that changes my life. My video comes out on YouTube in January. By February, there's four million views. By March, I end up getting a new agent and a new manager. By um, May, I ended up booking Mad TV. And then um, I wrote Jeez. more material for stand-up. So by the end of the year, I was touring as a headliner. So I ended up writing like 45 minutes of material over the summer and started Good headlining gracious. by the end of the year. Yeah. That is insane. I know. I don't know how I did that. I honestly don't know. And I mean, were you trying that material out or were you just kind of like, here we go. I need it. So it's, it's getting used. I need it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because people were like, no, we want more. We want to see you. So all I had was 15 minutes of material. So they would have to put up like eight comics ahead of me and I would just close the show. But comedy clubs knew that people would buy a ticket to come and see me do the nail salon joke. So they would sell like these $15 tickets, $20 tickets, and it would be like eight comics and me closing the show. And then I would write more material. So then it only had to be like four comics. And then I would close it with like 25 minutes. <laughs> And then it would be three <laughs> comics, and now I'm closing it with, like, 35 minutes until I finally got to at least 45 minutes of material. That is amazing. And so Mad TV comes around, they're like, listen, we think you're funny. We want you on the show. I mean, how, how did that work out? Did they know you from – My from new agents and managers got ah, me that gotcha. audition. Okay. And I had never done sketch comedy before, so I went to the brand-new thing called YouTube. And I was told to bring in three original characters and three celebrity impressions. So I went on YouTube and I was like, all right, who's a Latina that I can mimic? And I was like, all right, Jennifer Lopez. So I started oh, watching videos yes. of Jennifer Lopez yes. and just trying to like copy her mannerisms, her laugh, her smile, her wave, like all the things. Like I would watch interview after interview and just like copy her word for wow. word. Wow. And then I did, I was like, who else? Okay, Rosalind Sanchez. She was very popular at the time on um, Without a Trace. And um, <clears throat> then it was Drunk Paula from uh, American Idol when she was very popular for being a little inebriated during the show. <laughs> and um, it, was the, it was her drunk clap. It was like, that yes. <laughs> was so good. And um, so I was like, those will be my celebrity impressions. 
And then my three original characters, I just took my jokes that I wrote in my free comedy class at the church. And I was like, okay, I wrote a joke about my grandpa, but for this audition, this audition, I'm going to make it my grandma and I'll act her out. And so I'm basically just saying the joke as the person and just kind of acting it out, giving them more mannerisms, giving yeah. them more, you know, kind of like put, put the meatball together, you know, a little and, <laughs> yeah. and present it. Um, yeah. So I did uh, my grandma. I did. This is my sister. She wants to be a rapper. Her name is Bonquiqui. <laughs> and I auditioned with her. And then I forget the other original character that I auditioned with, but it was something from my standup. And then they and they obviously loved you, and and they were like, You're and in. they bought it. I can't believe I, mean, I tricked them. Good. How did you feel <laughs> when you get that call? Um, you know what? I was flying high that year. That was like a snowball effect of just wow. everything happening, because it was like, you got an agent. What? You got a manager. What? <laughs> you booked Mad TV. What? Like it was just like the whole year of like, oh my god. All these yeah. things are happening like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I remember in the beginning of the year talking to my sister about like I was very overwhelmed with like my MySpace messages were blowing up. I was having like mm. thousands of messages a day from all over the world. Jeez. And I didn't know how to be famous at this point. So I didn't know that you don't have to respond to every oh person gosh, who messages you. Honey, I'd be on for hours responding to be like four hours Jeez. in a row doing copy paste. Thank you yeah. so much for the support. Copy paste. Thank you so much for the support. And yeah. then people started replying like, is this a robot? Cause you already said this to me. And I'm like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know how to be famous. I'm just trying to reply to everybody, but it's uh, taking a long time <laughs> and I'm really overwhelmed and I don't know how to do this. Um, oh, man. and I remember telling my sister, like, this is crazy. Cause I'm having meetings at like NBC, ABC, Fox. Uh, I have an agent, I have a manager now. And, and all these people from all over the world are messaging me that they saw my video. And, you know, this is either a little phase that I'm going through or this is the beginning of the rest of my life. Wow. And wow. that's what it was. Hey, did, did it, I would assume, I know for, I'll say for me, it would be so confirming. It would be so like encouraging to have a character blow up like, you know, Bon Quickly did after people have said this is what she's got. She's just got the nail mm -hmm. salon. And now you're mm -hmm. like, Boom. How about that? How about that? I case? know. I know. That? Was that encouraging another thing to see too. it? It was like, here's how the things that work. Here And here's the crazy part is I couldn't have planned that. Like, yeah, that was like all God because I'm like, here's this nail salon. How am I going to top myself with a nail salon? I don't know. No one had any clue that Bonquiqui was going to be as popular as she was. <laughs> like nobody knew that. And so the fact that that then popped off on YouTube was like, I, I couldn't have planned that better, you know, because it, it looked like I went from like one to the next. Like, oh, my God, yeah. this girl's a genius. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> what is she doing? You know, like, but I was like, I don't I don't know. I don't know how it all happened. I just showed yeah. up and it did. It, it did. Uh, what was it like working on that show with other funny people? I mean, was that something that you enjoyed? Was that like overwhelming? Was it too many funny people? Was it like, you know, what is that like? It was fun. It was intimidating. Hmm. Um, it because I'm at this point dealing with imposter syndrome majorly. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't go to the Groundlings. I didn't go to Second City. I didn't go to any of these schools. I I tricked my way into this situation. <laughs> That's like not true. That's <laughs> not true. I I took a. I watched YouTube videos for a few hours and booked this role. <laughs> So like at this point, I'm like, I hope I'm as good as these people think that I am. And, um, but is there any, is there any, you know, side of that that's encouraging because you realize like, man, I haven't spent half the time these people have, but I'm still where they are. Sure. Definitely. Right? Like there's like the days where I feel extra confident and I'm thinking those thoughts, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And then there's the yeah. other days that I'm like, oh, they're going to figure it out that <laughs> I have no business being here. But then I ended up writing the Bon Quickly sketch and then that ended up blowing up. And I'm like, well, I guess I, I do know what I'm doing. 
<laughs> question mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like my journey has been very much like I show up and I'm like, okay, God. So yeah. now what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happens now? No. Isn't that such do. a isn't that such a weird dilemma? I've seen this uh, in my career. It's like you're sort of doing your thing, and then. It, it, my story, at least, is which sounds like it's maybe yours too. Is that unbeknownst to me, success starts to happen, or or not because I was necessarily trying. I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to work. I love doing what I do, but I never had some grand plan of how this thing was going to unfold. Right. And then it starts to work, and then success becomes this really tricky thing because, oh, yeah. you know, like I was, I was thrilled to start having it, but I, I had no ability to um, process it. And mm. I'd never felt like an imposter until I had success. I mean, all these things that sound like they wouldn't make sense. Mm -hmm. I was like, why is it that only when I started ha having success that I feel like I shouldn't be here, which it should be the opposite, shouldn't it? Right. You know? I feel like when you're the young dreamer and you're dreaming for the day that I could have the opportunity to do that, it's like you're not an imposter at that point because you're dreaming of the day yeah. that you get that opportunity. Right, 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 right. Then when you're in that opportunity and you have to make it last yeah. and you have to make it grow and evolve and it can't just be this one thing. Like how do right, I capitalize right. on this? Yes, yes. Then that's when you're like, Oh wait, maybe am I not <laughs> cut out for this? Like, yeah. is this not yeah. where I was supposed to be? And yeah. you know, yeah. I feel like sometimes I miss the days of being a dreamer mm. before I was jaded, before I heard yeah. no so many times, yeah. you know, yeah. before the sting of rejection set in right. and I have scar tissue all over my ego now. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> I miss the days of being a hungry dreamer. Yeah. Um, Man, if I could go back to just being an extra on TV, that would be awesome. <laughs> just those days, but they're you gone know? now. That's, yeah. So what is it? What is it like doing comedy now? I mean, you've done it for long enough where you're a pro. You've you've got all these specials. It's insane. Like you've sort of built this empire of your own. You know what? What is it? And maybe you just answer this by saying what you're saying because I think that's really uh, profound what you just said. But what is it like doing it now for all these years? Like how how do you feel about it now? Um, you know what? I have. It depends on the day that you catch me. To be honest, because mm. there's sometimes where I'm tired and I'm like. I don't want to go on the road. Yeah. I don't I don't want to write new jokes. I just want to be a stay-at-home dog mom and <laughs> just you know and I, it's really after quarantine, you know, I was like, yeah. "Oh, I like I like this." Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. like staying home. Yeah. I like not traveling and not waking up at, you know, 4 a.m. to get to yeah. the airport and TSA and and wake up for early morning press and like right, all that right. kind of stuff. Like this right. is fun not doing that. Um, but then how do I get all the money? That's the thing, <laughs> yes, you yes, know, yes. like yes. who's <laughs> going to pay my mortgage if I don't go out there? Like I would love yeah. to stay home, yeah. but who's going to pay for the home? Yeah. 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 So, uh, you could um, squat. I mean, yeah, you just squat in somebody's house while they're especially gone. in California because there's actually <laughs> laws that protect people from it's awful. <laughs> anyway, but so it depends on what day you catch me on. You can catch me on a day where I'm like I'm super tired, and then you can catch me on a day where I'm like, oh my god, this is the best job in the world. Like I can't believe I get to travel around, bring yeah. joy to people. Like I'm yeah. a part. Like laughter is the best medicine, and it really mm. is. Like it, it gives you those endorphins. Like mm. it helps change your perspective on things. It helps get yeah. your mind off of things. It helps give you relief. Yeah. Like it does so many things. So I get to be medicine, actual medicine yeah. Yeah. for people, and yeah. to be a part of somebody's healing process like yeah. that, where all I have to do is bring joy. Yeah, like that's my job. Yeah, come on, like that's yeah. the easiest job in the world. Yeah, so. It really depends yeah. on what day you catch me, like what, what it's like doing stand up now. Sometimes I'm tired and yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh my God, this is the best job in the whole world. Yeah. 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 The, I, 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 one of the most formative moments I had in my career, I was doing those, some of those stand up shows and a friend of mine came to see the show and brought a friend in Chicago. And I got done with the show and I'm backstage hanging out and this sweet woman comes back and she says, ugh. Just loved the show. I was like, oh, thanks so much. She said, you know, just bless me so much. And and I'm a preacher's kid. Like, I know what that word means. But mm -hmm. I, 
I was like, what do you mean? I was so confused. Like genuinely. I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, it just blessed me. And I was like, how did it bless you? And she said, well, I had this terrible day at work. Um, but I came in here and I laughed so much and my chemical, like the chemicals in my brain changed and I feel happy and joyful and full of life. And now I get to go home to my kids and I'm a very different mom going home now Mm. than I would have three hours ago. And it really messed with me because, you know, someone that's kind of been, you know, quote unquote funny all my life. I was like, I've never thought of it like that. I never, that was a moment for me. It was a very seismic shift in my soul because I think, God sort of went like, hey, bro, this can be about other people, too. And I was like, mm-hmm. sound like a white guy, but sure. Um, but it was <laughs> funny because I was like, oh, yeah, this is a thing that really can affect people. And I know that sounds mm-hmm. ridiculous because, you know, watching your comedy affects me. And I don't know why I don't put that together and other comedians I like. But it was interesting to see like, oh, yeah, there's this power it has, to your point, where like mm-hmm. you can bring this joy to people's lives and sort of send them out back in the world feeling very different than they felt coming in. Yeah. And that's a crazy thing. And on my best days, be it music or comedy or whatever, I'm like, yes, this is service. I'm here to, you know, that's my goal here is not like rolling my eyes like, oh my gosh, you know. Mm-hmm, but do mm-hmm. you find on those nights where you're not enjoying it as much, do you ever mess with your jokes? Do you ever find yourself like, oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> it, because at that point, it's like, like I need a refresher. I need yes, something. Yes. To like, so I'm not just in robot mode doing the yeah, same yeah, 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 yeah. set. Like I, I need to switch out. it up. I actually did this um, on my last weekend that I did. I was in um, Cincinnati at the comedy club there. And um, I had been doing my set this same exact way for the past few cities. And then I went out on stage and I just like, I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to do my ending first and then get into it and like not the nail salon um yeah 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 yeah. you know encore normal show yeah yeah but yeah and so i just started with that out the gate and then got into my my set as the stories go and it really was helpful for me to like just switch it up and i was like oh yeah i think i needed this i need it and then also then it kind of helped me even just in writing my material, like, oh, okay, so I guess I don't need this here. I can just take this part out. Wow. And, you know, because this was actually an old joke from my old hour. So if I just take this out completely, I don't even, you know what I mean? Then I start yeah. doing the math and start yeah. doing all that. Yeah. And, uh, and switching it up. And sometimes that's, that's all you need sometimes. Yeah. I, I, I just started do, doing these stand up shows a few years ago. And, and I'm one of the reasons that I'm surprised I still have a career is like one of my faults is I just get so bored so easily with performing. Like I know that's terrible and I shouldn't say out loud, but I would do back in the day, five or six shows in a row. And I would just start to sabotage my set without meaning to like my music Mm, set because I'd turn mm -hmm. my band and be like, Hey, let's play that song twice as fast. And they're like, Dave, this is a terrible idea. I'm like, no, no, no it's a killer idea. And they're like, roll, you know, I, cause I just, I, I'm just really easily, I need a lot of stimulation. Mm. And so I'd be in the middle of these sets and I started to do that with this comedy set. And I'll never forget, like I had probably done five or six shows on this run. And my manager came to me. He's like, Hey man, it was funny. You know, he's like, he flew in for like a couple shows. He's like, it was really funny. He's like, but you got to stick to the material. He's like, I, I, cause he knew the set and he was like, it's funny. And all the little asides that you're adding, it's great. And the couple of accents and the, you know, it's fun but the jokes are funny. Just do the jokes. And I was like, ah, and it was such a good reminder for me that I know this stuff and I'm kind of in the middle of the joke going, oh man, what are we going to eat after the set? Should we maybe go get some pizza? You know, like mm-hmm. instead going, hold on, like stick to the stuff. Cause then I just start like, I'm going to, I could, I can, I can take that another minute. I got more to say about that. It'd be funny. <laughs> and he was like, you're just sort of like deconstructing this whole thing that you've built, <laughs> you know? And it was a good reminder to me, like, just stick to the jokes. And then every now and then you have something really funny and you'll go, oh, that, okay, that now that's part of the joke. But right. I, I can right. already see myself sort of getting in this bored space of, of, of whatever. Okay. So not rapid fire questions, but I have a few more questions. I'm curious to, to hear you. Uh, so do you, what do you, do you have a bit that you, <laughs> this is already making me laugh because I, I can do these for me. Do you have a bit that you're like, this is funny, dang it. 
and and it just it just never quite lands with with you know <laughs> you know that like you have something you're like yeah god no this is funny and then you'll do it and everybody's like yeah i'm sorry and you're like okay next night i'm gonna kill this and it's <laughs> yeah. you ever have those kind of bits where you're kind of like is this i can't me? think of it specifically but i know there is a joke in in my set that every time i would get off stage i'd be like I have to figure out how to make this one part funnier because they never laugh the way I want them to. Yeah, yeah. And like, I think it's funny. Every now and then I'll get like chuckles. I can't even think of what it is right now, but I know in this current hour that I'm doing, there's this one piece that I get to that always gets like a, like a, you know, a grumble or whatever. And I'm like, mm, That's that was LOL material, but I'll take a grumble. Y'all don't say, okay, do you, do you feel like it's hard being, funny without being dirty. I mean, you're amazing at it, but do you find that to be challenging? Um, no, because that's how I started. Yeah. I think now as I've evolved as a person and I've, um, incorporated more, uh, more cuss words into my daily life <laughs> that it, it now is a little challenging. Um, oh, like to be able to just speak freely on stage as I speak freely in my real life. Yeah, yeah. Because back in the day I didn't say no curse words, so right, it was fine. Right, um, right. but now I'm like, Ooh, I got to hold my tongue a little bit um, yeah, yeah, yeah. when I go on stage sometimes, but it's not like I'm trying to drop F bombs. You right, know what I right, mean? Right. But there are some times where I'm like, Oh, if I could say this right now, <laughs> it would kill. <laughs> You know, it would kill, or at least I would feel real good. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so. There's. Uh, I have the same thing. Like I have some jokes that I'm like, that is so dirty, but golly, that would be funny. It would kill, and and, and it's I just hard see too Jesus's because <laughs> my brand is my brand, which yeah. is you know people come knowing it's going to be a clean show. Yeah, there's, that's right. That's there's right. some people who don't that they just come just because they heard of it's me funny, and it's funny yeah. and and they don't care if it's clean or not. But there are a few people. I recently did a show, so there's a joke that I'm doing right now that is not even dirty, but it's insinuating. And I'll I'll just give you a little. The premise is I talk about. Um, I saw my neighbors doing it in the window oh, of their is apartment. This true? Yeah. So oh from when I was younger, when I was in my twenties and the apartment building across the way, there was a couple that liked to do the SEX with the windows oh, open. My. Like that was their jam. And so I tell this story oh, my and, um, the way that I talk about it is I'm comparing this story to a car accident on the freeway and how you don't <laughs> want stop. to see it happen, but you kind of have to assess the situation, you yes, know? Yes, yes, yes. So I go in detail without being in detail. Yes, yes, yes. You know? Yes. And and it's funny. Yeah. But there was this one woman in the front who clearly was part of my conservative crowd mm. and she was just appalled oh. for this whole metaphor she was no. not here for the metaphor and she was doing all the like oh oh <laughs> just this is uncomfortable this is awkward and and um so she was doing all of that and then what happens is afterwards i'm annoyed that she's yeah. so yeah, yeah. triggered yeah, by this that I'm like, sorry, I have to go in the other room. Somebody's knocking out the door. The dogs are going to go nuts. Um, so I'm annoyed that she's triggered by this joke. And yeah. so now I have to address her. And I was like, oh, no. From I was like, I'm sorry. Are you, did you get uncomfortable in that joke? And she was like, yeah, yeah, a little bit. And I was like, okay, well. It's just about a car accident, so don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> that's great. That's so good. I was like, that's I think so you'll good. be okay. Oh my gosh. But yeah. um, yeah. yeah th anyway, yeah, I could see that being a really crazy tightrope to walk when you're like, and just seeing somebody, and that's that's the part I have so much respect for pros like you is because I don't have people at shows that give me any trouble. They're just fans, you know. They're like they want to come see whatever I'm doing. I haven't had to deal with like the person that's like you know, yelling something or as, as right. friends call it crowd work, which I can't think of two words that terrify me more than that. Like, yeah. I you know, know. Some crowd work. And I was like crowd work. I'm like, Oh my yeah. God. Just like, 
Um, okay, so what what do you think the difference between being funny and being a stand up comedian is? Is there anything? Um, yeah, there's a lot. I feel like anybody can be funny. Um, mm. And stand up comics, you know, there's technique to what we do and yeah. skill. Yeah. And um, stage presence. Yeah. And you have to be captivating. You have to be able to hold a crowd. And um, so it takes a lot of skill to be huh. a comedian. But anybody can be funny. You know, yeah. you can be funny yeah. on social media. You can be funny in your group of friends. You can be funny yeah. in your text threads. Yeah. Um, you could be funny with a guy at Starbucks, but to actually be a performer and yeah. have technique and joke writing and, yeah. you know, that kind of takes skill. Yeah. You know, the thing that, uh, surprised me the most doing those shows, cause I did a bunch and then I ended with one here at the Ryman. It was a tour I was doing where I had 45 minutes of music and then 45 minutes of stand up. And, you know, I was doing anything from 300 person clubs and then I ended at the Ryman, which that's a very big difference, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was such a real time tutorial in the of in pacing because you know I do a bit and you know three hundred people it's like and they're done and then you're off into the next bit you know mm -hmm. and, and the rhyme and it was like seven seconds of laughter mm. and so then I'm going what do I do with my body right now like literally <laughs> like because you know people are laughing it's oh, oh okay oh thank thank you <laughs> you know like I literally but. Five minutes in, I had to realize, okay, you got to start walking. Like, just walk. Have something to do. Because if you're mm -hmm. standing there looking at people waiting, that's awkward for everybody. Mm -hmm. So it's weird things like that to me about the craft that you know so well. That's like, oh, yeah, I would have never thought you have to know how to do that. You know, like these weird things about performing that's different than just being funny. You know, there's, mm -hmm. there's technique and there's pace yeah. and there's, you know, like... When do you take a cue from the crowd and go, oh, you want to hear more about that? I didn't have this mm -hmm. written down, but okay, that seems to be working really well. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think the thing is that nobody knows about being a professional comedian or someone who is professionally funny? The thing that nobody knows? Yeah, like what would they not know about that? Um, I mean, this, I don't know, man. Like, It would be different for every comic, I would say, for sure. But um, sometimes when things happen in the moment on stage and you feel like we just made that up, we we did just make that up th three years ago. <laughs> and, and we've been doing it every weekend since then, oh, man. acting like I just came up with this in the yeah. moment. Yeah, that's you know, great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's so like, great. Maybe that. I mean, but I mean, there yeah. are mo there are times where things just happen in the moment, like yeah. And you're talking to somebody in the crowd, and then they're like, "Oh, did you plant that person in the audience?" Like, no, I did not plant that person in the yeah. audience. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry, I'm. I have to go open the door. One second, please. So sorry. Go, 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 go. Open the door. I'm here if anything weird happens. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I would have loved it if this was a fan. I would say that the um, the other thing that people don't wouldn't realize is um, you know, part of stand up comedy is um, like our our travel and what we were eating and things like that. Like you go to the comedy club and we have nachos and burgers. And then you're like, okay, maybe after the show, we'll just order some real food and then come to find out there is no restaurants <laughs> open in the town that you're working in. And so yeah, you're eating yeah. vending machine stuff like yeah. over the weekend. And yeah. so sometimes you don't have the best uh, diet when you're on yeah. the road and yeah. um, it's quite exhausting. Yeah. But then other times there's been times where I've been on the road and I do a show and um, we get treated out to a nice restaurant and, and the owner of the restaurant is just like giving us all the things on the menu. And you're like, oh, my gosh, like, am I Tony Soprano? Like, how do I <laughs> like what? Who am I? And like every now um, and then you'll get an experience like that. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I love yeah. doing stand up comedy yeah. on the road. Yeah. OK, so so last question. Uh, you can have dinner with three other funny people. I'm not saying professional, unprofessional, whatever. Three other funny people. Who are the three funny people? 
in hmm. dead or alive. And I'm sure Jesus is funny, so you can add him if you want. Oh man, Mitch Hedberg. Mm. Um, let's see, Ellen DeGeneres. Mm. Um, and Joe Coy, my friend. Nice. I love. Are those people that have been like sort of inspirations? Um, yeah, I love, I mean, Ellen DeGeneres is such a storyteller and like, she's so sneaky how she sneaks her material oh, on you. Like you think she's just talking and then all of a sudden you're in her set and you're like, Oh, she started. Oh, you got me. You know, <laughs> that's, good. That's, that's so true. Um, and then Mitch Hedberg is just, uh, I can just listen to him on, you know, Spotify radio or Pandora yeah. or whatever. And just like, Give me all of his Rolodex. Give me all, all the yeah, one-liners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, so just yeah. good. And then Joe Coy is my friend. He's just funny and hilarious to hang out with. So I wouldn't mind him being there too. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, Hedberg is, if I think of any comic that would be a nightmare for me and the way my brain works, it would be, I mean, cause you know, I, I'm a storyteller too. And so man, some stories can take 10 minutes and that's a fifth of the night. It's just yeah. one joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. He is what? 30 second jokes. Right. I'm like, so good. Oh, that is a different skill set. Like I, yeah. I just sort of like that's that's Michael Jordan stuff, man. That's like, mm -hmm. you know, you're doing, you know, tw five times the work I'm doing on that, you know, because it's like a hundred jokes a night. You know, it's insane. Um, thank you so much for doing this. You are a yeah. Legend. Thank you for having me. And if you got you want anything you want to promo anything coming out or that's uh, out. Yes, I have uh, my book that is oh, available. That's right. In Yes, for That's it's available right. for pre-order right now. Yes, it is called, yes. Who do I think I am? Stories of chola wishes and caviar dreams. And so you can uh, pre-order my book. And, and is that um, is that like an autobiographical? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good job. You're really good at words. Thank you. And we're rolling in three. <laughs> um, yeah, is it autobiographical or is it just sort of like musings and funny stories? Yeah, it's it's all of the above. It's like okay. a memoir and then just funny stories and um, my life, my family. Yeah, oh, I'm so excited about that. So excited. Thank well, congrats you. on everything. You are wonderful and hysterical. And so I'm so glad that everything is, you know, beautiful and golden in your world and this book is going to be out there living yes thank you i'm yeah. very excited about it thank you yeah thanks and thank you all for listening to it's hard being an idiot podcast and make sure to check out my stand-up comedy album called it's hard being an idiot everywhere you listen to music and comedy